0: Episode two, we made it.
1: We well, did indeed. How are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, interesting week.
0: Brilliant. How's everybody else out there? Uh, give us a big thumbs up if you're feeling great and fantastic and ready to go and learn all about creating wealth. Uh, so, tonight's show, we're going to be talking about uh, just put it in, right? For anybody that doesn't know, just to make sure everybody knows, um, if you're with us, uh, give us a thumbs up in the comments. If you're not very sure about something, give us a smiley face. Um, And that's all you need to do. So, perfect. And you could ask questions as well while we go about certain subjects, if you want, that we're talking about. Um, Now, so we're going to be talking about tonight, um, um, mindset is more than anything. This is about the mental mindset. A lot of people think that everything just happens to you as a recourse of you're lucky. Well, let's be honest, lucky or luck is labour under credit knowledge. That's really what it stands for. That's what it comes down to. And and James and I have actually discussed this previously, and and James actually knows this, and I've known this for years and years because I've done this for about 30 years now, is you have to develop the right mental mindset in order to make sure that you're prepared for wealth. Um, that, That tends to be, James, why most people win the lottery and a lot of people actually end up losing it. It used to happen years ago in the pools, eh? You know, people would win the pools or the Littlewood pools and they'd win a million and then the next year they would, they would have nothing left because they never really had the mindset in order to make it in the first place and obviously keep it as well. I think
1: you are absolutely right with that. And, uh, you know,
0: some people may think that a
1: uh, mindset's a the nonsense and it's all a of hippie type sort of wishful thinking, but no, there's a lot more to it than that, obviously.
0: Well, look at it this way. A classic example is, uh, look at Je- Je- the 10 richest men, right? Warren Buffett, Jim, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, lots of other people as well included in there. But there are three of them. Now, they've both got two eyes. They've got two arms, two legs. They can walk. They can talk. Uh, so what differentiates them from us? Because we're literally the same physique as them. So what would make the difference? And it is literally here. It is how you think about things and how you develop things. It doesn't just happen to you. It's you've developed your mind to a point of readiness. So you're ready for the opportunity when it meets you at that particular point in time. You get what you expect as a classic example, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think, well, you know, people might say that you're lucky. Uh, or you're a victim of circumstance or whatever, I think to a certain extent you have to create your own luck.
0: Look at this as a classic example when you said that right now. You're lucky, okay? Everybody used to tell me I was lucky. Um, I got in this 30 years ago. Yet you're having luck, as it so happens, now. And how long have you been going? Uh, was this year three, year four maybe? Three yeah, years? Exactly. So you're having luck, and we talked about it last week. When you've almost replaced the average income, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Well, yeah, with your four properties, that's (laughs) and and and. and, But everybody tells me, "Oh, you were lucky. You were lucky. We got (laughs) in at the right time." But the reality is, you're in it four years ago, and you've got in at the right time. So does that mean in twenty years' time, everybody's going to say, "Oh, James, you were lucky. You got in at the right time," because? What is the answer to what is the right, when is the right time, James? What is so the I'm just answer going, to
1: that? I'm just going to go on to that. Um, a lot of people say, that's ah, never the right time, and you know I'm just waiting for the next opportunity. Well, unless you create that opportunity, there'll never be the right opportunity. So now is the right time.
0: Now is always the right time. It is purely down to the opportunity appears, and does it make sense, and can you make it happen? That's really all it comes down to. Um, So, how has your week been this week since the last show? What have you? I mean, I saw a video of of you (laughs) taking us around your house, your new acquisition. Tell us all about it.
1: Right, okay. So, a couple of things for this week actually. Um, I had a site visit to one of the other properties that are approaching the end of the refurb. So, uh, I can't see it being too much longer before it's uh, decorated and then onto the market. So, that's quite positive. Uh, like you see, I've done the tour on, well, it's actually yesterday evening. um Couldn't do it on Friday when we got the keys, but I uh, had a tour around our property at Button Woodside and Glen Office. Um, yeah. Two bedroomed end terrace property. Uh, lots of scope for improvement. And um, with improvement also comes the refinancing opportunities out the other side.
0: Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about one of these ones anyway, because I'm going to talk about my one in Bonnygate that I did uh, just last year in about August because um, that was a cracker. I mean, basically no-money-down deal, but I'm going to show everybody how I managed to do that in that process. But we're going to do it after we talk about the mindset and talk about what you should be... Now, mindset, uh, let's say a wee good evening. Uh, good evening, Duncan. How are you? And Duncan's got it straight away. Thumbs up. Well done. Uh, you're on the par. Um, so if you get a chance, guys, give us a thumbs up. At the end of the day, if you give us a thumbs up. We know we're saying the right things. We know you're engaged with us as an audience. If you don't give us a thumbs up, we literally think we're talking to ourselves. And it's been <laughs> known. <laughs> it has been known, eh? <laughs> thank you very much, Deborah. That's really appreciated. Uh, thank you very much, Tony. That's really appreciated as well um, for doing that. I uh, really appreciate your thumbs up. Um, fantastic. Uh, and Richard as well is in here. Uh, hi, Richard. How are you? Um, Richard, uh, Richard and I, well, Richard and I and yourself, actually, because you're one of our, our, our clients anyway. We will be doing the deep dive session um, in the last Thursday of every month at 7.30 on Zoom for our uh, clients, our own clients. And you're one of them, James, aren't you? Um, So that'll be a golden opportunity. Um, So we're going to go into more detail and some of the things we talk about specifically now and some of the things we had to talk about last week. I had to stop myself mid-flow, didn't I? (laughs) Because I was about to go right into it and think, wait a minute, this is going out publicly. This isn't for a public forum. This is for a private event. Nothing to do with the fact that, you know, there's nothing we would have said that would have been untoward. It's the fact that you're giving away the, the, the exact secrets and the exact way you're doing something. And I was really tempted to pe- show people how we source property right down to the nth degree. And then I thought, no, no, I shouldn't be doing that because, you know, effectively people are paying thousands and of pounds of, of thousands and thousands of pounds to to so-called gurus um, in order to get them to show them that method as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll give away some of it uh, for nothing. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And we'll talk about it in the show. Um, but there is there is occasions where we'll have to we'll have to curtail ourselves a bit from giving away too much, but that's reserved for a client. So if you're a client of ours, we're more than happy to discuss everything with you. We're more than happy to tell you everything possible in order to increase your wealth as a result of that.
1: Can I just uh, talk in a quick and, caveat to that, Jim? Yeah. Uh, the se- these sessions and future sessions were not about the hard sell. We're not trying to sell you a course of many thousands of pounds or get you to the back of your room and give us your life savings or whatever. There's nothing like that at all. It's just uh, we we do go into a bit more detail on the Thursday sessions.
0: Yeah, and I think I think for me personally, the reason I'm doing this is more of an aspirational thing. Um, I'm my intention is to actually increase our business as a result of this, and hopefully people will come on board with us. And that will effectively allow me to give even more to local causes and charity. Um, that's the only reason I'm back here doing this, or I'll be sitting on a beach drinking pina coladas. Not know that I like pina coladas, but it sounds nice. <laughs> I just imagine the wee broly I'm in the cool. nice cool breeze coming in from the ocean and just taking the edge off the 30 degrees heat and the sun while you're sitting topping up your tan. Isn't that a great way to feel? Um, yes, um, so a uh, good evening David as well um okay right let's get into it so books mindset for yourself what is the what's the best book so far you've been reading in terms of mindset and why well let, listen let's go back let's walk it back for people because we're, we're just immediately assuming everybody knows what we're talking about but but in Europe in your way could you say what you what we mean by this James um because my way sometimes I don't understand because I've been doing it for a lot of times. So just to get everybody to understand, and if everybody understands what James is talking about, give us a thumbs up when he's talking.
1: So I'd say uh, mindset is more about uh, reflecting where you are, where you want to be, and how you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, one of the books I read actually, one of the sub, uh, one of the sub paragraphs actually said, "Think big, but then think bigger." <laughs> and the whole ethos behind that is that if you're thinking big you're thinking of something that's probably achievable. So your, your chimp's sort of saying, yeah, I can do three this year. No, do six. <laughs> Push <Yeah>. yourself.
0: It <laughs> is effective. We're, we're taught... Um, uh, is it not the case, I mean, when you think about the logic of this, and even in industry, we're, we're chastised for not hitting a target. Um, And I think what happens is we're we almost programmed as humans after that. And, and everything that's done, like, for example, for school, education and your workplace and everything like that you're chastised for not hitting a target when in actual fact um the wealthy people actually really probably don't hit their targets because their targets are so immense and so massive that never ever hit them but i tell you what they get close to them but they don't they're not they don't do like what we do or like what we've done before is they don't chastise ourselves we don't beat ourselves up about it we'll actually reflect back to where we were and i come back to saying You know, when I started last year, it was like, I'm just going to go for eight properties. Mm -hmm. And then I thought to myself, whoa, wait a minute. What are you thinking? Because if you go for eight, you'll end up buying six and think that's enough. Uh, And then I thought, no, I'm going to go for 50. I had no idea where I was going to get 50 properties. I just had no idea. But I tell you what what actually happened to my mind. I then started to think about all the different ways when an opportunity came, when anything came up, I don't know what it was. I never ran about and did a conscious thing and did run about and did everything. I just told myself, I'm going to go for 50 properties this year. I don't know when I'm going to get them, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I have now 50 properties. I've talked about it in the present. You know, people think you're nuts. It's like, I have now 50 properties. And people go, you're off your head because you've not got any yet. Um, but, but what I found, though, is talking like that. Actually, start to focus me on the things I needed to do to get these properties, uh, and ended up with seventeen. <laughs> hey, and that's goes. double what I actually said at the beginning.
1: Exactly. You didn't take the comfortable route, by saying, "Yeah, I'll do the,
0: I'll do the six, or I'll do the eight.
1: Uh, another thing as well, when it comes to uh, by the way,
0: I had no idea where the money was <laughs> to get that, <laughs> yeah, you know and I mean. just, and I don't know what it was. It appeared.
1: That's a slight <laughs> when problem does that itself. happen? but but there's ways and means obviously but another thing i would say is in relation to that is that when it comes to mindset you need to remove the word try from your vocabulary trying is is leading yourself up for an excuse to say why you didn't fa- pass or whatever why you failed to meet that objective that you were after yep.
0: remove try altogether most of my team will be I'll, I'll understand this straight away so james i'll ask you to lift your arm lift your arm for me now, did you try or did you just do it? Just done it. Yeah. And exactly. So you're absolutely right. That's how, I, that's how I give an example of there's no such word as try. You either do it or you don't. You didn't. I mean, giving it a try isn't, it, isn't it the answer to anything. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. There is no in between here. Um, trying your best is, you know, I'm not really sure about that, if that, that is the right mindset. So what words should you be using then? Well, do <laughs> I'm going yeah. to do? You know, I will be quite
1: affirmative in what you're what you're planning to do.
0: Yeah, I will. I must. I need. Um, is anybody else out there? Um, follow us in terms of what we're doing. Give us a thumbs up if you follow us. Um, because we just want to make sure that everybody's with us. We're on the right track, and we don't go away off the tangent and talk about things that are airy fairy to to people. Um, so really, I'm I'm looking for a bit of feedback here. If you're, if you're with us and you understand what we mean by that and talking in the present and also talking about um, your mindset, if you're with us, give us a thumbs up. If you're not sure, give us a smiley face. Um, more than happy, you know, give us a smiley face and we can just go over it just a wee bit more. Um, yep, we're getting a thumbs up all the way through here. Um, thumbs up from Duncan, thumbs up from Deborah, thumbs up from Tony. Um, everybody seems to be uh, thinking in the right context. Yep. So that's effectively it. So it is about that mindset about about actually just doing it, um, and and it's a necessity, and it's a, a need. I need to, I must, I I can't, I, I will do. Uh, see, can do is a try, isn't it? Again, it's leaving
1: yourself up to make the excuses, but it doesn't come off. Mm-hmm.
0: Very very borderline. Uh, I, I can do. No, I must do. Uh, is probably the key here in terms of in terms of that mindset. So let's talk about you know what's your, what's your first book? What's the what's the first one you would recommend?
1: Uh, the first one I would recommend.
0: Uh, by the way, just a shout out to everybody. Take notes, remember, um, because there's <laughs> loads and loads of information that will come out. I've got my pen and paper. I'm ready to write when James opens his mouth.
1: <laughs> so I'll give you a starter for Ken. Obviously, uh, the Dragons' Den's back on the box at the minute. Yeah. So uh, quite a topical one is Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. Yep. And he basically tells you how he he spotted gaps in the market in terms of social media and how he was able to build basically Mm -hmm. two companies around that. And by his own admission, it's now, well, at the point of selling on and moving on, £300 million he had generated. And the kid's only
0: in his late 20s. I think he's 28. 28 28 years years old. So what is it he actually did? You know, what what did he create? Just social media?
1: Uh, Mainly marketing and uh, advertising uh, strategies and strategies for uh, clients to obviously come in and basically rejig their whole social media presence.
0: Ah, right, okay, yep.
1: So obviously social media is a huge thing now. You know, if you're not using so, it, then
0: you're not going to get by. <laughs> so more like, uh, more like a, more like a Gary V, and that sort of thing. You know, oh, I was Vee,
1: quite, quite similar. Yeah,
0: yeah, quite similar as a British Gary V. Um, so yeah. he realised that because I mean, you know, Gary V is absolutely fantastic, but you, you'll know how everybody's single, uh, everybody's inbox, and and know everybody will know who Gary V is. So just in case anybody doesn't know who Gary V is, it's Gary Venerchuk. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't know who Gary Vaynerchuk was maybe about two or three years ago. I had no idea who this guy was. But Gary Vee is a good content provider, but he talks – and it's all, there's a lot of free stuff, isn't there? And it's all about mindset as well, and it's all about uh, – Gary Vee talks about wealth creation as well, and he talks about how to run a business and how to do different things in different areas. So, you know, in terms of content marketing, you you kind of go far wrong than actually following Gary Vee, yeah?
1: Pretty much, yeah, absolutely.
0: So what, and the, what good,
1: the good thing with these books as well is you can get them from your favorite audiobook store. So if you find yourself a half hour driving between locations or whatever, chuck it on your your uh, your car stereo and, and listen yeah. along.
0: It's a and
1: it's a really
0: to... good it's a really good use of unproductive time, isn't it? I mean, well, you know
1: supr- I think it's quite surprising how uh, much you take in subconsciously as you're doing other activities. Yeah. Like people used to learn languages overnight by putting a set of headphones on and learning French, <laughs> you know, the ah, same right, and, and
0: going, going to their bed and just listening in the background. Absolutely. So, so um, do you use audiobooks quite a bit or do you use the written word?
1: Uh, I'll do a mixture of both. It depends yeah. where I am at the time, you know. If I'm, if I'm in the house, I've got a couple hours to kill, then I'll thumb through a book. But if I'm like, like I say, if I'm doing a bit of tour of five, looking at all the properties and stuff, or going on uh, viewings and such like. Then I'll I'll uh, set up the hands free and just play it from the phone into the car.
0: Yeah, and in terms of in terms of um, in terms of your books itself, I mean, what what are you reading just now? How often do you use a number of books, or do you, do you, you listen to a number of books, or are you on a number of books, or do you just concentrate one at a time? You know, what do you do? So
1: I try and concentrate on one at a time because. Uh, well part of my day job involves quite a lot of analysis and stuff like that and if I try and concentrate on too many things at once then uh, it's like the old jack of all trades master and learning don't take anything in so I I try and do sort of one at a time uh, whether it be an audiobook for for the driving around or even while I'm working sometimes uh, and also uh, yeah thumbing through a book
0: yeah so for myself personally i tend to have maybe two or three on the go um but that's because some of them i've actually read already um but i'm revisiting them uh, probably classic example the now um is one i've got women is uh, field of fear and do it anyway so dr susan jeffers now i actually did a i actually did a um it's on the web actually a playlist on our youtube channel five properties youtube channel and it was uh, I think it was in lockdown actually. I actually did the whole book to start to finish. And it was every single day it was based on Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Uh and, and actually using examples in my life to to come into this. But this is a fantastic book to get started with for anybody that's fearful about getting started in property. Um it will it will it will get you into action in some shape or form. it, it is available in audiobook, so you can have it in audiobook as well. But as I said, you know, I I tend sometimes just to like the written word. Um there's a lot of spaces all the way through where I, you know, you'll, you'll maybe see there where I've put a lot of marker pen on here. See in there? So I just put, I, 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 I carry a highlighter with me every single time. So highlighter with me every single time. And when there's bits I think it's really good in terms of start and finish, i highlight them. See that there? And then, then I go into charts and then I can go back. I also uh, have a habit uh, down the bottom of just crossing over the bottom page, just like that. Uh, not the top because that's usually my where I am, but this is actually just to reread again, uh, and actually just maybe writing in the margins as well some notes. Now, that's purposely because I go back and read it. Now, when you think about the logic of this, look at this: nine pound eight ninety nine for this book, and I've read it probably about five or six times, back to front. Um, so, when you think about how much money's worth I've heard out of this, this has actually made me an absolute fortune. This eight ninety nine book. <laughs> And just while you're on that, Jim, although you've read
1: it many times, I bet there's something new every time you go into it.
0: It is. Do you know what it's <laughs> like? It's uh, and, and, and if anybody can understand this analogy, I'd love a thumbs up for this if you understand this. Why do we watch a film time and time again? Because I think it's different every time and you get something new out of it every time. Um, that's why I watch a film every time. I must have watched Back to the Future about 50 odd times. And yet I still... I still see something new in it now and it still comes across in a different way. So if if anybody resonates with that, I'd love to have a thumbs up or maybe it's just me being a wee bit OCD or something or or a wee bit wonky up here. So I've never
1: read that book, Jim, but I guess it's kind of somewhat a chimp paradox.
0: So, it, the whole it thing about chimp paradox. yeah. So, what is chimp paradox?
1: So, chimp paradox is this little bit in your brain that tries to keep you safe. So, anything that seems a bit outside your comfort zone, whether it be public speaking or, um, you know, doing a bungee jump or something of that sort of nature, the, the little thing rings in your head says, oh, You don't want to do that. You don't want Aye, to do that.
0: You know, do not. Fight or fight response. Yeah, I'm doing Aye. it. Okay, <laughs> I'm doing mandate. it. So, so yeah. That,
1: that's kind of the premise of the chimp paradox. You've got this little chimp sitting on your shoulder telling you not to do stuff because it's, yeah. it feels safe, and that's what it's designed to do.
0: Yeah, and and, and it's a protectionist thing. Um, but, what, but what you have to under, what everybody has to understand out there, this is a protectionist thing inbuilt into your system. Basically, goes back to caveman days, or cave woman, or cave person days. If you're if you want to be like that, um, uh, Neanderthal days. Mind you, there's some there's some about still just now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry hard to get that in <laughs> there's uh, it goes back to these days and it is actually there to protect you from from effectively getting hurt but what what that mechanism doesn't realize is it's very rare we'll actually get hurt nowadays um so it goes back to the old thing about you know you were sitting in the bush and you heard a crack from a twig and then all of a sudden your best mate got gobbled up by the t-rex and um, so the next time you're sitting in the bush you hear the crack of a twig and you think, wait a minute, that's happened before. And then you run for the hills and that's the flight or fight response um, because you're programmed into thinking that's what's going to happen next. So we are programmed in our minds to think it, it, there's a pattern of behaviour and if that same pattern of behaviour happens again and again and again, we'll keep getting the same result. But the reality is what it doesn't take into account is the external factors that all influence that And therefore, that might not happen again. And the probability of it happening is very, very rare. Um, So that's the fight or fight response. And that that tends to be what she talks about in here, Dr. Mm -hmm. Susan Jeffers. Um, So I actually think it's a fantastic book. Um, So a a big recommendation from me, absolutely. One of the first ones I read almost 30 years ago, I was recommended it by people that were way more successful than me. They were retired. I mean, I remember the guy actually recommended it. He was called Bernie. And he was 25 years old and he was retired financially free. And I'm like, what? You're 25? (laughs) I'm older than you. (laughs) Mind you, 30 years ago. Yeah, I was about the same age. He was retired and and I was still working um, as an accountant at that time. Um, So it goes over um, what are you afraid of and why? Can you make it go away Um, from pain to power? Uh, Pollyanna rides again that's a classic uh, chapter Um, when they don't want you to grow now guess who they is (laughs) the people round about you some of the people round about you don't want you to grow and this talks about how to handle that and how to deal with that and how to see that because there is people that will stop you on your journey if you want to be far more successful and wealthy and I'm talking about wealth as in all-round wealth Friends, family, everything like that. In terms of that, because they'll stop you in the tracks because it because it, they're afraid that you'll not be part of their circle anymore, and um, so that's why they tend to stop you.
1: There's also a bit more to that as well. Obviously, we've spent a bit of time sort of educating ourselves on how all this sort of works and how it's geared,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they haven't done the same sort of research and studying that we've done, so they don't see how it's possible for it to work. So, Mm. as as far as it downplay someone, then congratulate them on their successes, even the small wins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good evening, George. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Um, Okay, so that's my first one. Uh, Have you got another one lined up? Uh,
1: There's a classic one from, believe it or not, 1926. The richest man
0: in Babylon. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Ogmandino. Uh,
1: George... Class, I think oh, right, is.
0: different one. Okay, Dino, I'm maybe may thinking of Spellbinder's Gift, right? Okay, I
1: haven't read that one either. Uh, again, it, it talks about a uh, kind of sort of differentiating between uh, working for something as opposed to a uh, well, becoming wealthy in effect. Do you
0: know what? The Richest Man in Babylon was actually the one I was told to read years and years ago, and I've still never got around to reading it. Like I um,
1: said, it's an old book, the
0: principles of the same. Literally, it was the one at the same time as Feel the Fear. It was the same people, Richest Man in Babylon. It was a Spellbinders gift I read instead, but there was loads of others. There was The Magic of Thinking Big as well was a great yep. one. Um, and at that time, Think and Grow Rich was the one I was introduced to all these years ago. Uh, that'll blow your mind. Think and grow rich, you'll never you'll never sleep right again. <laughs> once you once you've read that book and you understand the what the, the value of compounding, you'll never sleep again.
1: Well, there's another one. There's another one that's quite similar, and you're going to laugh at the title, but it's called "The Power of Broke." Yeah. What do we mean by that? Well, uh, this sort of subtext of the the book and its content on the synopsis on the back is. Yeah, uh, how empty pockets, a tight budget, and a hunger for success be- can become your greatest uh, advantage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if you're always hungry, you're always going to be looking for an extra opportunity.
0: Um, and well, again, I, talk about, I talked about this in and in, in probably a couple of weeks ago about that the power of broke and the fact that you know, and, and it's absolutely true, keep yourself hungry all the time. I mean, no matter how much wealth you've got, and um, never get to a point where you become complacent. Because you'll never ever do anything else. You have to stay in that sort of broke mentality and actually drive yourself forward and motivate yourself. And that's why. That's why. Effectively, I, I only draw down a certain amount, and it's it's equivalent if if not of the average salary, if yep. not sometimes it's not sometimes less. And folk are going, folk are thinking you're going to be, you know, it's like you must be rolling in it and all the rest of it. Well, I choose not to, because I don't want to. The last thing I want to do is actually do that because then you'll have, you know, you'll get into all that, carry on. Um, actually, I'll share, I'll share this with you. You'll love this. You'll love this. I, I did this. As I'll um, have a day this week, Jim. Uh, well, actually, actually, <laughs> you're, you're close. You're close. Um, and I'll tell you, and I did this because I thought, oh, this is a class. I, I'll, I'll just show you this. This is this is a um, I doctored this up because I thought this is what all the charlatans do. Classic example, they show you pictures like this. Um, so here I am. Look at me. Hey,
1: you know, something I've got one very similar big country house in the McLaren sitting in the front drive,
0: <laughs> and it is for my
1: TikTok channel. All
0: right, so that's my Aston Martin, that's my All Ferrari, right. <laughs> and there's my big stately home. And does your, and,
1: and does your expensive course end in a seven?
0: Uh, well, it could have been, but the, the thing is, the thing is, it's like I couldn't get any more in that picture. But that's effectively what you see sometimes on some social media channels, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's how people draw you in. I mean, yep. I could eat. well, to be honest, I could probably easily afford that, actually. Um, but but the reality is a lot of people actually show that, and, and effectively most, that typically that's usually least. Eh?
1: Uh, what they do is they, they hire it for the day for a film and location, yeah. and then... Uh, chucking a couple of a uh, higher sports cars out of this like a prestige club yeah had a couple of them stand for a country house bubble a lot of nonsense about if you join my course in 90 days you'll be a millionaire my course ends in nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven pounds uh <laughs> that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah but it has, it's drivel and it's nonsense and uh, there's one guy very recently he was pulling in a lot of investor finance we using yeah. this trip on facebook He's now bankrupt, his influencer stroke model girlfriend has now left him. He's left a, a house in uh, yeah,
0: that's Colin Armstrong. Whoops. Oh we'll I, just, never I'll name him. I'll I
1: never name
0: said him. that. I will name him at the end of the day. I've got no qualms about that. that I, yeah. I mean, I was told three times. Um Absolutely. Uh, this is the third time, and it's like and 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 that's the one the classic the you know the green screen or the rest of it in the background because people actually saw him with the green screen. Um, so that's why you have to be wary and that's why i tell everybody to make do, make sure you do your due diligence so you know due, actually we'll talk about due diligence next week but can we talk about the now yeah okay let's talk about the now let's do a quick one just, just for touch um, on it, then. yeah let's do a quick due diligence and um, to show everybody so if you ever see anybody including myself including james because um, we both got you you know our companies. Uh, I've got Parker Housing Limited. I've got Five Properties Limited. I've got Tigger and Timmy Limited. If you go into one of them, you'll see me as a company director, you'll be able to go in the company director and click on me, you'll see all the companies I'm director of, and you can actually look at the accounts for every single one of them. Um, it doesn't take into account the fact that I'm a sole trader as well, because you don't have a public re- re- reality to do that. So a lot of my stuff is in our own names. So therefore, you're not going to see a true reflection, but you'll see some of it. And, uh, and I think that's the most important thing. But you Just can do another- that with anybody. Most people will set up limited companies now, so you can easily do that with them. So I'm going to quickly jump on and I'm going to can show I also you, to-
1: give you a small caveat with that as well. Yep. Um, you'll often find that investors will have a limited company and they might only have three or four houses uh, with a charge notice against them. That's yeah. because, prominently, they're buying properties in cash. And until yep. they're refinanced out the other end, they won't appear in the company's house.
0: So can you see that okay? I can. Yeah, OK, so I'll just take my one for a classic example. Um let's look at uh, Fife Properties Limited. Um, better click on that because I've got the spelling wrong. Um, there it is there. So see here, you see that? Find uh, update, company information, service.gov.uk. Company overview for Fife Properties Limited. Click on that. It's their company's house we're in right now. You can search for a, another company up here. You can search for an officer of the company up here. But basically, if you find the person's company, here that is here, um, you can see that there, registered address, um, it was founded in 2006, incorporated in 2006, uh, our, our company, um, history. So you've got into here, you can do the accounts, you can download the accounts, you can see who the owners are, and then you can see the people, our company directors. So you can click on there, so you've got five, uh, five officers. So if you click on my name, then you can see the companies that I'm directors of previously. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Companies house space is another way to get it as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, for everybody else out there, um, give me a thumbs up if you understand what I just did there. Um, so you understand uh, how to check out somebody's background. If they say they've got a huge financial wealth, they're going to be getting you involved in their program and they're going to sell you their course or whatever it is. Um, if you want to look into them, and look into them further, that's a classic way to do it. Often at the bottom of their websites as well, if you go right down to the very bottom, they have their, their company name uh, It's a limited company. So it's an easy way to do it. Um, for... It can be a bit
1: more tricky when it comes to companies that are group companies. So you know, whether they've got a holding company at the top.
0: With... I know, I know. And, and and as well, there's a lot of times, well, for example, Parker Housing Limited, I, I've not revalued any of the properties in the last, code knows since I, I bought them i've actually never re- i don't think i've ever revalued them and um, whereas you see a lot of other people revaluing to boost their balance sheet and um, mm-hmm. to make it look a lot bigger than it is to reflect the current valuations for today so a lot of my stuff was obviously bought years and years ago so that's probably why it's that but the new accounts will show the new acquisitions I've, I've brought out as well and um, so that's another one you'll see a lot of boosted balance sheets and it's got a revaluation reserve in it um, so in actual fact, you know, okay, they're worth that in today's terms, but it can just drop like that with the with a crash in the market um, because the revaluation reserves based on the value of their houses. Anyway, let's talk about um, book recommendations. Let's get back onto that. Um, so feel the fear. Um, you, you had one there. You were saying um, you were talking about the richest man in Babylon, the power of broke. Um, any other ones? Uh,
1: there's one. Well, there's one called Mind Over Money.
0: Okay. Did you uh, Did you like it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty good. It was Again, it was like somewhat to the last week's show. It was, uh, it, it helps you sort of differentiate the difference between income and wealth and how it okay. build wealth.
0: Okay, a good thing I learned today actually was um, it was actually one of the most successful estate agents in Australia and I was watching them and one of the most successful trainers and he actually said, everything you do, you should think to yourself, does that actually help me further my goals? And, and if it does actually help you further what you're meant to be trying to achieve, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, so think about that in the future for anybody that's out there that's thinking about, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Is it going to actually take you any further forward to your goals? If it's not, then don't waste your time on it. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be relevant because we
1: like
0: to be we like to be busy fools sometimes, you know, me included. You know, I'm I'm like that. You get engrossed in things that, like, I tell you what, I'm going to do tons of viewings to keep myself occupied because I'm really busy. But the reality, you're doing viewings on properties that you're never going to get. But you just feel busy because you're doing something. Well, just don't concentrate your time on something more important.
1: And that that leads me on to something about uh, investors as well, Jim. Mm-hmm. I quite often see on Facebook how people have got like fourteen viewings arranged in a day. Now their pockets are only deep enough to buy fourteen houses, but if they're putting offers on a lot of these houses, ultimately. Uh, sales can collapse, chains can collapse and it's a zero-sum game because you're just going to start peeing off uh, estate agents.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a people business. You have to keep sweet with, with estate agents and so on, you know? Do you? Do, well, just be mindful
0: of
1: <laughs> like that. I don't
0: know. I don't I don't think. I just make them an offer and that's the end of it. Right, that's it. Well, that's what you're getting. Take it or leave it. But I'm I've remember, I'll tell you one of the top tips I've learned over the years, and I will tell people this one. Make the offer you want to make and don't do it as a negotiation. At the end of the day, that's your offer. Take it or leave it. I'm out after that. I'm not caring if you're trying to push me up. That's where my numbers work. That's what I'm offering. I'm done. And the reason I used to do that is because when you phoned estate agents back after that, they knew fine when they went to their seller that that's him done at that level. You'll never pay any more. And I have got them used to that process. And all the estate agents were trained right throughout Fife from the people in Euromouth, people in Delmore, people in Remax, people everywhere, all the solicitors as well. They knew when I made the offer, that was it, done and dusted. There is no negotiation in that offer. Take it or leave it. Now, admittedly, in hindsight, I lost quite a lot of properties for a few hundred pounds. <laughs> But I tell you what, I've got a lot of good properties. You've got to look at it like that, and I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't. It. And I'm not really sure if I would, have, I would have survived the credit crunch if I'd gone any further. So when you think about the logic of that, I was actually maybe quite fortunate to actually stick to that mantra, um, and yeah. and 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 I and I have that today. I've, I don't. That's it. That's my number. That's where it works. Other than that, I'm out. Um, so I do that every single time. So just a top tip for everybody. If that's what you're gonna do, if you're wanting to make sure that people know you're not negotiable and um, you have to stick to your guns. As soon as you give way, you've had it. You've lost posture, you've lost it completely, and they now know that you're you're easy to manipulate and easy to negotiate with. Yep. Um that's that's the top tip for me. I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, like, like I said, I uh... I get concerned that people are treating this more as a number. It's very much a numbers game, but when it comes to things like views and that, you don't want to, you don't want to tarnish reputation with the yeah. stages. or solicitors for that matter, because it's them ultimately that it makes the offer for you.
0: Absolutely, you
1: know, they're not going to put in thirty offers in the hope that one succeeds.
0: Final boots for me before we talk about um, Bonague. We'll get round to that because we were going to do it last week. Jack Canfield, the Success Principles. I'm
1: going to lay that down because I've got it. It's a total down.
0: masterclass. Now, I did. Now, you can listen to the podcast, by the way, <laughs> because I did a 140 episode series in lockdown of this book. 140 episodes I did is on our playlist on the Five Properties YouTube channel. So, if you go to the Five Properties YouTube channel, look up the success principle, Jack Canfield. I did 140 episodes or more. And what I did was I talked about examples about how it affected me and what I did. Now, the classic one in there is a brilliant chapter in 18. Now, that was episode 62 because I've actually got it written there. (laughs) Uh, And it was reject, rejection. The whole chapter was about rejecting, rejection. And we talked about that. And it's about rejection being a myth. And you have to go with the mental attitude. that some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? So S-W-S-W-S-W-W-N. Some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? That's it. And then just say next every single time. And it gives you a huge amount of examples of people that have actually been so successful in the past, but you would actually put them down as thinking, oh, they've not been successful. Lo- it's just all fallen to the, on, on their feet. Um, but the reality is it's not because they've knocked on so many doors. Uh, you know, Sir, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone actually knocked on 12,500 doors. 12,500 doors. Yep to get the rights to actually, because he owned the rights to Rocky because he wrote it. That's right. But he wanted to star in it and every single person rejected him and said, you'll never make it, pal, because you don't have the actor. You're not an actor. You, you can't even speak properly. So you'll never make it. And he got a wee studio to agree to him after uh, 12,500 doors he knocked on to agree to him, not to pay him, but actually to give him a, a share of the rights in the film when, the, when he made it. And, and he would get involved, and, and he would be the actor, the main lead in it as well. So there's a huge amount of his famous rejections here. Um, Anne Frank actually goes to say, the girl doesn't, it seems to me, have a special perception of feeling for which would lift the book above the curiosity curiosity level. And that's what a critic wrote about Anne Frank's diary. There you go then, eh? A rejection slip. And it's here today, and it's still read in most schools as a result yep. of that on the curriculum. So it just shows you there's loads and loads of things. Uh, they talk about it as well the colour purple with uh, um, um, Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey was a classic as well, where she got loads of rejection. So there's there's a lot of good information in Jack Canfield's Success Principles, brilliant book. It is a big big read. But I tell you what, it's worth it. It's 500 pages of ecstasy, and you will love it, and it will it will shape you forever. There's a guy, um, you know, Josh Quigley, it's the ultra cyclist. Well, Josh actually puts it down to this book. This is what changed him forever and took this boy from basically driving into a brick wall at 75 miles an hour to kill himself to being a Guinness Guinness World Record holder last year Mm -hmm. on his bike. First man, the, the, the only person to cycle the longest distance continuously for a seven day period um so that's a that's a fantastic book i would say let's talk about um let's talk about um let's show you this one okay now i think i'll just uh share the screen this is bonnegate so let's let me tell you about Bonnegate and what happened there, because we'll need to get through this because i waffle all the time um as you'll know <laughs> why are you laughing we make,
1: we make allowances <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let me get this up. Uh, Bonegate, there's the pre-renovation before. Uh, Let me just flick that down and get that down to the screen. Get that here. I wonder if that's gonna fit. Right. Let me let's see if we can see this. Uh, Give me two seconds. Uh, I'm just gonna share this on the screen. Um, everybody else, give us a big thumbs up if you're still with us, please. We'd love to hear from you if we're on the right track, and we'll show you this one.
1: I can't hear any snoring yet, so we're good. you see this okay? I do.
0: So this is, I can put it to that, eh? because really that's all it is. This is Bonnie Gate. Now, I'll tell you what happened with Bonnegate. Um I actually got this. I saw this on a website through an estate agent for £60,000. It was a one-bedroom upper flat in Bonnegate and Cooper, and it was last year. Now, the numbers didn't work for me, and I thought, ah, it's just no right. But I tell you what, um, I, we've been connected... Now, remember, connections is a big thing about networking with other people and connecting with sources, especially. So I then saw it on a sources page come up as, um, oh, I've got this property in Bonnegate. Uh, somebody's come to me. And they're they're possibly uh, possibly it's going to work at fifty thousand, and I went wait a minute I've seen that already at sixty it's got a home report at sixty, so I went and and I said to them, okay, um, uh, what, what are the offer and he said and he said to me it's going to cost you um, if I do a deal with him it's going to cost me seventeen hundred and fifty to buy it, okay, because he's sourcing it now. Admittedly at fifty thousand immediately I'd be going well obviously you've got ten grand less so that's a that's a that could be a winner for me. So I'm probably in at that. But it says, I'll tell you what you'll do. Offer them 45. Now, most people wouldn't expect to do that. And I says, offer them 45. Um, came back and says, look, he's not going to accept 45. And I went, oh, God. But he's, he's wanting you to go to 45, 500.
1: <laughs> Can I just ask you why that was important, Jim? <laughs>
0: um, in terms of what? In terms of
1: where liability sits with taxes and so on.
0: Um, well, I was trying to get as low as possible, obviously, because you've got stamp duty for one thing, uh, and if I if I could have got it below forty, then obviously that would have been a winner. Um, if I'd got furnishings, but I, I wasn't able to do that, so right. it was forty five five hundred. So I I know I know what you're thinking. I was going to do <laughs> furnishings, but I didn't get away with doing that because it was completely empty. There's no way I would get away with doing that. So I thought I'm just going to do it, and my numbers work at that anyway. So I don't want to do anything untoward. So let me take you through this and let you see the property. This is this is what it was like when I got it. Now, you tell me when you're going through what you would change. If anybody sees this as well, tell me in the comments what you would change in this property. So, this is the upper landing as you go in. It's a top floor flat, penthouse, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the kitchen. Now, this is an ex rental. Right. And then the cupboard, got a little water tank. Okay. Would you do anything there? get rid of
1: that tank and get a boiler in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: put it in the kitchen most likely and hide it behind a cabinet
0: yeah so the kitchen's been there since it was actually done because i looked at the old history and it was in 2006 it was bought
1: right
0: so there's a classic as well so you've got the i mean what could you do there there's no much yeah not really no no so I t- I identified straight away. I thought there's I could put shelves in there, make use of that space. Absolutely. So uh, if, if anything, put shelves on there and put a door on here, because um, uh, everything else looked fine, um, and possibly change it and decorate it a bit. But um, but m- m- my my um, did all this for me. Uh, sink and the toilet's nice, by the way. It's, they're still quite sweet, so that's fine. Mm. Nice neutral. plenty of cupboard space in here. And this is the this is the lounge. Iron board comes with Surfboard. So there's a classic look. Gas fire. Aye. I, I I thought I'm going to take that out. Going to take that out because I didn't see the purpose of it. Because you've got all that heat rising as well. You've got one radiator in there. You've got the sun on it all the time. You've literally got hardly any windows in it. There's a good amount of light coming in, but if you if you keep proper white bulbs in, you know, daylight bulbs. I mean, it'll mm-hmm. look nice and bright anyway. So I thought I'll I'll, I'll get rid of the fire as well. And then you've got this, that. So the one thing I didn't like about this, and I'll pull back. I'll just pop back to there. There. See the window? That was because of the fire. So because it had that fire, you have to put that, see the vent? And I can't stand them because they just blow a draft. So immediately that that window's got to come out or that wee pane. Now, this is a conservation area, so you can't change this. Um, And it would cost a huge amount of expense to change that window. But the, the window was in good nick. And I just thought I'm going to take that pain out and get it get a a, a sealed pane in, um, because I'm going to change the boiler anyway.
1: Right.
0: Nice and central location.
1: Absolutely, because you've just got the train
0: station just a wee bit further up. And there's of I mean, it ticks all the boxes. Double radiator there as well, so nice, good amount of heat. You've got you've not got a huge ceiling as well, so the heat's going to be reflected and circulated back round from that. The way that's yeah, some the uh, downstairs
1: as well, won't you?
0: Yeah, and, and then you've got double cupboards here again. Look at that many space that's in here.
1: That's another room.
0: Uh, yeah, didn't get me thinking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've got yourself an HMO there.
0: <laughs> but that's a good-sized double bedroom. Oh, right. absolutely. So good-sized double bedroom, and, and that was kind of it. Um, so I decided out of that, just finish off here, and then back out into landing, which was a nice spiral staircase going down there. I decided to do that. Kitchen, tidy up the shower room, change the heating system. There was a one of the Velux windows wasn't a great; it wasn't the opening properly. Um, and then um, decorating carpet throughout, and then get proper electrics because the, the electrics—I mean, the electrics was up to date because it was a tenanted property previously. But I felt that I had to get it redone because. Uh, uh, legislation's changed a bit yep. in terms of that, so let's just take that off the now, and I'll show you the finished result, and then we'll talk about what what it achieved. Um, just jump onto there. Completion. Here we go. Hello, this... So we've got our, our esteemed star here, uh, Mr. <laughs> Cook, uh, coming to see us this time. Because he went round and did that. Because Richard, uh, I got Richard to look over it as well, just to make sure the numbers were right before I started. So Richard took us round. And I'll just I'll just mute him. Sorry, Richard. But we're just wanting to talk about it. <laughs> so Richard's taking me round. Uh, Richard, actually, this is the pre-portal launch as well for Richard. Um, so he's, um, this is actually going to attract a £475 rent a month.
1: New front door Jim.
0: Well, it's actually just painted. Is it? Yeah, just painted it a nice color because it was a solid wood. And then what we did was, see down the bottom there? Um, well, actually, oh, could have hit the wrong button. There you go, the beauty of live. Yeah. All right, I'll just hit that again. Can you see that okay? Yep. Yeah. So what I did was, um, I I got that landing sorted. So there was a landing. It was a bit, in there, jeez. Mm, so that bit landing there, yeah. I have got tiles down there because it was just it was just solid uh, stone. Right. So went in the front door, all nicely decorated. I'll let it run. Now the key box was there just for the the uh, refurbers, just to do all the work. Right. Now look at. It.
1: Thought you were going to venture into Airbnb for a second there.
0: <laughs> that's unbe- that's unbelievable, eh? That's good. Fantastic finish. Got it all decorated in that. Did it nice and neutral as well, eh? I was we had to upgrade some things, like put TVRs on the radiators because there was none for the EPC rating, right? Uh, to get it to get it higher, because um, obviously EPC is a big thing. So you know, you know the and then the. You know, get this all set out. Even, even use the existing fridge freezer. Well, hey, because it was a good one, and took mm-hmm. it out of that corner so you could have a breakfast and table.
1: That's
0: good. Yeah, good yeah. Eh?
1: I've got the very same cupboards actually for the refurb that's ongoing at
0: the Well, minute. this is this is out of uh, this is out of Hodgman Columns. It uses LPG and R or whatever it is. No, it's no Howden's, it's uh, a magnet, this is a magnet question, so splashbacks, worktops, soft close mechanisms on the drawers and everything, got that for a really good price, Uh, brand new boiler as well, got it re-plumbed all the way around, see the TVR there, yep, and then a wee coat hook rack. Also, we did above the door, it's got the new electric box as well. Smoke detectors as well. So we've got new ones in, uh, even though that was in a fan put in the kitchen, um, because that was just to make it. And then there you go, see the shower room? And I put these shelves in.
1: That's good.
0: I just think it was, I mean, I used the existing cistern and WC um, and, and sink, but I felt that, you know, it was perfect just to do that and put a door on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that as it was. I mean, it's amazing how much difference that's made, eh? Yeah. And then just put a, a, a chrome radiator in as well, just to finish it off. Well, that's been a good purchase, though, Yeah. It. And then painted everything white because obviously that looks really dated with old wood um, um, board. Put a double radiator in there. Felt that was necessary. Now, uh, there was a couple of times, and put new floor coverings in as well. There was a couple of times, you know, I, I had to get them back and just, you know, to get my standard. I was just a bit, so don't feel afraid anybody out there if you've got somebody that's doing the job for you just to get them back and get them to the standard you want it. Because um, it'll, it'll, it'll just, you know, things like it was seals in the bathroom and seals in the uh, worktops and stuff like that. They were just on the right. And I thought, this is if it, this gets water into it, it's ruined.
1: I think when it comes to trades, anyway, Jim, they, they, they take allowance that there might be a bit of that required anyway.
0: Yeah, there's definitely snagging eh? See that wee window? And then we come round and that fire's now gone. And then that, that wee fan, see, it's away now. So really good space, eh?
1: Yes, indeed.
0: I'm waiting for the end value now. <laughs> well, right, let's <laughs> let's close that down now. Sorry, Richard. Bye bye for now. Okay, let's talk about end value then. So end value. Let me talk about um, the numbers. Let's show you the numbers. Um, no bother about this going over actually, because we had a wee bit of the start, so we can actually trim it. Um, return on investment revised. And let's look at the numbers here and share this page from the screen. Jump on the spreadsheet. See that okay? Yeah. Now, you might not see uh, all the page here because I'll have to make it so it fits. Eh? See that okay? Yeah. That should work. Now, is that legible? Yep, see these numbers? Now, to be honest, I could have just bought this for the 45,500, okay? Uh, And that would have been the total purchase price. The stamp duty would have been 4%. The deposit would have been, you know, 25%. um, And and the mortgage rate would have have been about 3%. um, And that would have given me, I don't think it would have given me 475, though. I don't think I would have got that. Now I got a tenant, it gave me four seven five. Well, five properties got a tenant. Five properties got a tenant, it gave me four seven five up front for 12 months because it was a student from St. Andrews University, and his mum was a garden tour as well. So 12 months up front, just like that. 475 a month. So no brainer, eh? (laughs) Absolutely. And and so so ideally, I mean, if if it was in its state it was in, you probably would have been lucky to get four hundred, uh, to be honest, where it was. So in that position, you could see where the numbers were. Um, the legals were um, all in, were uh, seven, three, four, um, and then you probably would have had to do a wee bit of work on, maybe a thousand pounds worth of work done on the EICR and that. So probably that's what it would have been. Um, you know, two thousand three hundred net profit. After thirty percent overheads and after the mortgage is paid, interest only, a fifteen point six percent net return and one hundred fifty six percent. But that's all it would have been worth, really, because it was just in that state it was in before. Um, so I actually got, um, uh, I actually put um, sixty pound uh, for gas there, one hundred twenty for EICR, a clean for sixty seven quid. Uh, the upgrade was um, labour was. Uh, or materials were five thousand five hundred and fifty-three. Labour was four thousand six hundred and fifteen. All in all, it was ten thousand four hundred and fifteen to actually do that work. And its total, its totality. Um, I didn't do any of the work. Never got involved because I got somebody else to project manage it for eighteen hundred quid. So all in, it was just shy of fourteen thousand pound for the whole lot, and I never did a thing. Very good. What do you think about the end result?
1: I'm not familiar with Cooper. Cooper's
0: not my yep. whole area. <laughs> I've got, got 62,000 in so far. That's buying it, all the legal work, everybody else doing it for me. I basically looked it on a website, got Richard to go around. I did nothing else. And that's 62 grand so far. So final valuation, 85 grand. 63,750 out. Happy days. What's that? Sorry, infinite return. <laughs> 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 and then you've got a, you've got a fantastic property, and you've got a tenant for twelve months at least. Uh, so when you look at these numbers and you look at how that's going, uh, I mean that's that's kind of a no brainer, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and 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 effectively, you'd bought it, and you'd actually put the deposit down, and you'd you know you'd had to put that down, and you'd had to buy it for eighty five thousand. Effectively, would have been that return in terms of now that's still no bad two thousand pounds. But the reality is it's an infinite return um, because I've got no money in it at all. So the, the, this, is, this is infinite uh, completely. Um, plus the fact that that will, that will double in value every 15 to 20 years, um, effectively. Now, property I was actually looking in Fife has actually gone up 250% over the last 20 years. Over the UK, it's gone up 200% over the whole of the UK. Um, mm-hmm. So and that's in the last 20 years. So when you look at the logic of that, it will still keep going like that um, from years to come. And and that's it. You know, that's effectively how it worked for me. Um, great deal, brilliant opportunity, I, and I think uh, I think we could end on that. Really, that's a, that's a result in itself. <laughs> Another one. You picked up. <laughs> what did we learn by that then? You know, it's just it, for me, it's the waiting game. It is actually picking the moments and actually choosing the right times. It's not jumping in with both feet on everything, a single thing you can get. There are so many people I speak to out there, investors that immediately come on to me and say, I've got to buy some, I've got to buy some. It's almost like money's burning a hole in their pocket. And it's like, no, no, if the numbers don't make sense, for God's sake, don't just run and buy it for the sake of it. It makes no sense at all. In fact, and look, you know, I Well, I'm quite fortunate because a lot of people come to me. You're probably quite fortunate as well. A lot of people come mm-hmm. to you as well because we get things often before they even get to a market uh, or before even anyway, or sometimes nobody even considers putting them on the market. Uh, they just come straight to us as a result of that. And therefore, we have that golden opportunity because we've built up that network. So, you know, often I've said to people, well, why do you know just joint venture? Why do you know just joint venture with me? Or you, you would probably, I think you've said the same thing to other people as well, and joint venture with you and then you know you'll be guaranteed success because I'm guaranteed success anyway. Because I'll make damn sure it works. Um, because if it doesn't work, I'll lose as well. So okay. and, and joint ventures what joint joint ventures really a hands-off approach, in it for for the investor, anyway.
1: Well, it can be the other thing as well is you can get
0: a uh, this,
1: this might blow the mind of some people listening, but uh, you can also get oh, a investor that'll they'll absolutely underwrite absolutely everything in exchange for a for a return that's much better than the bank.
0: And that's the thing, eh? It's like, geez, when I thought about it, I was thinking, God, you're you're doing you're actually guaranteeing somebody's success and they can't lose. And I, 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 I well the thing uh, is uh, from, the, from their perspective,
1: they've got no day-to-day running. Uh, it's totally hands-free. Sure, yeah. they can visit, they can see the, the difference and so on. But all they're interested in at the end of the day is being able to get a return on their money mm. somewhere between six and ten percent.
0: Yeah, and that's it's that a combination to that. when you do joint venture. What do you do? Do you do I'll give you a guaranteed return plus I'll give you a share?
1: Well, there's a number of ways you can do it. So, uh, you know, if it's other investors, you can do a one in one out. So, Actually, think, well, can we talk about that next week then?
0: Aye, aye, yeah. Let's talk about joint venture aye. next week. How that works.
1: There's a number of ways it can be done, like I say. Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be a joint venture, it could be like I say. An, an angel investor and directing the whole lot basically and, and perfect
0: okay and on that note guys if everybody can just give them a big thumbs up to say that followed the show and they understood the show completely I understood it completely um, but you can give us a thumbs up in the comment to say you understood everything it all came across clear um, if you've got any other questions um, after this please feel free to message us direct we're more than happy to take your questions later on um, this is not an end thing so uh, we will be doing same again next Monday at 6.30 we will be talking about joint venture and how that works and mm-hmm. um, because for some people it's like i didn't want to learn it i didn't want to get involved in it i just want to make money with it um, so and i money. know it's a great thing um but i'm um, i'm completely terrified that somebody's going to rip me off and i'm going to lose all my money because there's so many property funds out there you see the boy hiding his hands and he goes i'm sorry i've lost everything <laughs> and i'm that like well, no wonder you lost everything because you did it wrong in the first place. You had no idea what you were doing because you thought it would be a great idea. You didn't understand the dynamics, um, and we're going at next week's show, aren't we? <laughs> and there can't
1: be security there as well, so it's not always a lost cause sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about that next week, about having Absolutely. security and all the rest of it. So we'll roll that up, and we'll talk about another one next week as well. Um, so, guys, thank you very much to everybody. Thanks very much, Mark, for watching. Thanks very much, David, Deborah, Duncan, Tony. And uh, David again. So thanks very much for watching, guys. Um, and until next week, guys. Uh, that's the Fife. Well, it's not the Fife Property Show, is it? <laughs> it's the. It's the. It's the James and the Jim and James Wealth Creation Show. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> bye bye for now, you. guys.